Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. We are so happy to welcome our friend Rachel Kaplan today. Now, this is our international division of Women Beyond a Certain Age because Rachel is Zooming to us from France. I know, from Paris, France. Too exciting to say the least. I know Rachel from Facebook. And actually, Rachel's a member of our group and said, you know, Denise, I would make an interesting guest. Now, when someone says that to me, I take them at their word because people don't usually say that. People say, oh, I'm not very interesting. And then I find out that was true. But when people tell me they're interesting, I believe them. So, hello, Rachel, and welcome. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Where are you in Los Angeles? I, I'm, I moved out of LA, Rachel, a year ago. My husband and I moved to Ventura. We moved north. We are surrounded by golf courses and farmland and, and wildlife. It's much, much different than when we lived in West LA. So we love it. Great. Wonderful. And let me tell you what I think that Rachel should share with all of us today. And certainly, as everybody knows, if they have any questions for Rachel, after the broadcast airs, they can contact her direct. We put all your information on the website and on our Facebook page, Rachel, so people can find you. And, they'll, and they may want to find you because you run businesses in France. Now, this is what I love that you wrote to me. I reinvented my, myself in France when I was on the cusp of 40. That was number one. And number two, I met the love of my life when I was 46. At 65, you know, I still ride a 36 kilometers on a bicycle. Well, that's pretty impressive. But tell me this, how, why did you have to invent yourself at 40? And why did you choose France? Okay, very good question. I was working as an international media marketing consultant in New York. I was working an 80-hour week. I yes. social life. I was living in the West Village. I found that the things that I really was passionate about, which was art, history, and culture, I was not being gratified or expressing myself in the way I hoped to in New York. And one day I was in France on a business trip. It was also a pleasure trip. And I was in a magnificent little known museum in the Marais district. And I saw that I was the only person in the museum, but the guard. And there were Rembrandts and Guardi, magnificent mice in China and antique French furniture, including a desk owned by the mistress of Louis XV, Madame de Pompadour. And I said, what if I came over here and wrote a book about this exquisite museum and all the others in Paris that people don't know about? And I also was meeting writers and poets and people that were dedicated to humanitarian affairs like Doctors Without Borders, Doctors of the World. I was writing freelance articles about them. I was seeing that the Louvre was um, celebrating in June 1993, its 200th anniversary. It was just I'm in the wrong time zone is what I said to myself. How fabulous. So that was the inspiration. Now I know you went on to write books. Tell us about your books that are still available on Amazon. You told me. Little Known Museums in Round Paris was the first. And actually, because I'd worked for the CEO of Hachette Magazines at the time, 
and was in his office every day, I was no longer intimidated by speaking directly to another CEO. So I called up Paul Gottlieb's office and asked for a meeting. <laughs> and so I, smart. So smart. And I presented him with the idea with, a, an, of course, an outline and everything. Then he said, I've been coming to Paris for 35 years and I don't know more than half these places. And here was somebody who was fluent in French and fluent in Russian and an expert on art. I mean, he's the editor in chief of Harry N. Abrams. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I said to myself, if I'm going to do this book, I have to do it with the best art book publisher in the world. And at the time it was. Yes. So basically you came up with the idea and then you sold it yourself. Not only that, but he said, if you find me an inexpensive photographer in Paris, we'll give you the whole package. So I had an advance for the writing and advance for the photography. Brilliant. And so I signed my first contract when I was 40 years old. And I delivered the manuscript and the photos in the fall of 95. And I had a wonderful editor who's no longer there, she's retired, named Adele Westbrook who had a PhD in philosophy from Columbia University, the wow. old school Catholic, Irish, highly educated, highly cerebral editor, the dream. And she said, it's a good thing that you're not publishing the book until a year from now, because there's a three and a half week strike in Paris. Transit oh. strike, when everything was shut down, my brother Butch Kaplan was making a movie in Paris, and he had to get the actors to come in ambulances to get on the stage set on time. My God, I and love that. A year later, the book came out and Paul Gottlieb loved it so much, he gave me another contract before the book was even published. And then he took the book to the Frankfurt Book Fair and it was sold for the French language rights. So that was very complimentary to me that I had written a book that was immediately picked up by the French and translated into French. Absolutely, absolutely correct. So did you, uh, when did you finally decide, I know that you learned, you spoke French as a child because you went to a school in New York that was a French school, is that correct? In high school, right. From the book and I couldn't have moved to France where I've been living for 26 years without French. So as I wrote in the bio, the most wonderful thing that my parents gave me was a French education. I think it was destiny. It was part of your destiny. Well, I was conceived in France on their honeymoon, so obviously I was meant to be here. The circle of life, Rachel. Well, tell me about one or two more of your museum books, because I think that's fabulous. Well, you'll see them all on Amazon, but it was little known museums. I got a series, and I did London, and then I did Berlin for the 10th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Wow. And I went into East Germany and I covered many places that American journalists still haven't seen. And I had my Russian that helped me then. Gotcha. And then, because I didn't speak German. And then I did Italy and it's my Latin that saved me in Rome. The four book series. And then I also wrote a book in French called The Most Beautiful Roads in Ile-de-France, which is the area that Paris is in where you can do all kinds of day trips. And I also then, when I, really got my business going. I wrote Best Buys to French Chic, which was self-published as an ebook and helped support my website. 
and also as a paperback. So now I'm working on a novel because I got so busy with the business and of all things I was doing with weddings and events and, and everything else. But now I have to say for me, the pandemic has been a godsend because I was working on the, the, the novel last year, but I was interrupted by business and, you know, very big events. And now I'm relieved. I agree, Rachel. I, you know, I'm, I'm not in a position where um, I'm, I'm feel in America, young people that have, that have not worked, that have got children to raise. I mean, it's a very difficult situation for them. But I, I feel the same way. It's a reset for me because I'm in a different stage of life and it's not difficult. Matter of fact, I feel like it's given me time to do things that I've always wanted to do. And you went back to writing your novel. And for you? I've, oh, now here's the thing, Rachel. I took this year off after we moved. I mean, I really, I called it my year of transition and I'm sure anyone listening is so sick of me saying that they'd like to poke, poke me in the nose. But because, but you know, to go from a hundred miles an hour every day down to five is gonna change your priorities. So I, I stepped away from my business and Cindy takes care of all the styling. I still help, but you know, I was in business for 30 years, Rachel. So we still get some phone calls and I still do a tiny bit of consulting, but I'm, I have a two books that I've been working on for years. I've published nine books. I have two that have been in pieces and I'm trying to get it together to put a proposal together and sell them. And mostly I've taught myself how to make sourdough bread. <laughs> I did learn how to do some cooking during the pandemic and my husband was very gratified. Oh, how lovely. Has he always been the cook? No, he's not been the cook, but he's now the salad king and being half Italian, he's the pasta king. I'm the cook. I but love it. Now tell us about your wedding business because I think this is something, Rachel, especially and then we need to talk about you finding the love of your life at 46 years old because I have friends that are in their 40s and 50s that don't think they're ever going to get married do you know what I mean and I don't believe that I think it just depends on you meeting the right person meeting the right person and establishing your priorities so just quickly about the wedding business I do elopements I do gay weddings and gay elopements wonderful and I, my biggest wedding last year was at a castle, which has got the second greatest art museum outside the Louvre and the banquet was in there. So if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see all my pages and, and my websites and everything. And it's France Wedding Planner. Ooh la la, France Wedding Planner. How wonderful. I can send information on it. But anyway, there's a video of the wedding on my website. Excellent. And it's exactly what I do. And it was mainly a Chinese American wedding. There were token Jews there. <laughs> who's the um, best man was outstanding, did the ceremony. He'd gone to a Jewish private school along with a groom. So he was the first person that I met who was Japanese with a Jewish sense of humor. I mean, oh. you had to meet him. <laughs> that but, sounds like a fantastic combination to me. <laughs> I do that, and um, they're destination weddings. I don't do any 
anything local. And in fact, my whole business is destination. And that is why my primary audience is North American, lesser extent, Australia, lesser extent people that are international. Um, the last event I did was opening up the Tower of London at eight in the morning in February. How fabulous. I do for the ING Bank. But so I, I do, people come to me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, but I really don't do that much marketing. It's just people say, oh, she's for us. And my core business is called Events and Company, which has all my websites on it, and it has a video. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. Video on the website. So I introduce myself, and I show people what I can do in Paris. I show them some of the places. So that they have an idea of authenticity. And that's why a few years ago, Mars Inc. had me do their board of directors. Meeting. When I got married, my husband, this is my second husband, Rachel, we got married in 1993. And I wanted to get married in Paris, but it was so, the everything was so confusing, meaning the paperwork and it, it just, my husband's an attorney. So we instead, we went to Venice, Italy and got married in Venice, Italy, which was gorgeous and wonderful. But as confusing as the Italians can be, it still wasn't as confusing as the French. So I'm sure that's what you must do for your clients if someone wants to get married there. Well, here's the thing. You can only be married in a synagogue or a church if you have a legal piece of paper. Because since the French Revolution, you have to be married in City Hall. And if you don't live in France for a minimum of 40 days, all bets are off. Because illegal marriages. Well, so tell us how you met your husband. So I, first of all, was with, I had practice. I did meet a friend <laughs> before I met my prince. And so 17 days after my 40th birthday, it's important to know that. Yes. I on the steps of the palace, um, the Opera Bastille who's a cross between Raoul Julia physically and Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who wrote The Little Prince. Oh! Tall, dark, and handsome. I'm five foot one, so it was a rather a contrast. <laughs> well, I dated him for two years. I dedicated my first book to him. And because I was so in love with the idea of being in love and getting it right, and then I was gonna, I lived with him for four and a half years, I didn't want to see who I was living with. Reality stepped in, and to say the least, I left in two weeks. After two weeks, and I had a friend from California who was visiting in France who literally saved my life. Oh. I've always had money tucked away, so I could leave in two weeks, and even though I was self-employed and everything like that, I was able to get an apartment. And then, I went on a speaking tour for my four books across the United States. I lectured at the San Diego Museum of Fine Arts, at the Chicago Art Institute, at Sotheby's in New York, at the Corcoran Gallery in Washington, D.C., and the Women's Museum in Fort Worth, Texas, the only women's museum in the United States. Wow. And that was because Ann Richards had been a guest of mine. So all these people were lining up, people like, 500 in an audience, 350 in an audience. It was like a whole new sense of self. 
because I thought I was going to go back to the guy, you know, being the, I'll try harder. This is a, my biggest undoing is thinking if I fix it, you know, the usual. Uh, Rachel, you're singing to the choir on this one. Now, when I was a kid, I need to tell you, I don't mean to interrupt you, but my father's line used to be when we were water skiing and I had lost the water skis, but I wouldn't let go. And my father would be screaming from the back of the boat, let go of the rope, Denise. And I couldn't, because I was sure I'd get back up, even without skis. So I know exactly women, and I think it's a women trait more than men sometimes, and especially in relationships, we don't want to give up. We want to make it work. And God bless you, and I get it because I, I've been there. So what happened was, is when I was on that lecture tour, that was like discovering the fountain of truth, not youth. <laughs> and I think especially after I gave the talk on rebels and runaways about Josephine Baker and Edith Wharton and Gertrude Stein and Alice B. Toklas and all these incredible American women that went to France. And then they said to me, in the audience, well, when are you coming home? And I said, I am home. So I went back to France and I put an ad in a French American monthly magazine called France USA Contact. And the ad that I wrote, because there was nothing like any day date or anything like this was, you know, 2001. And I wrote in the ad that I was a um, attractive, sparkling, that I was independent, that I was a writer and a businesswoman, which was true, and that I was looking to meet a man who was a rare bird, hors du commun, and that he was well-groomed, well-off, and for a relationship that was sincere, profound, and enriching. I only got 14 answers. And one guy wrote me a post-it and said, send me the phone number. <laughs> and um, the 15th answer came in, and it was Serge. And Serge, everything that he wrote on engraved stationery was true. And we had our first date in front of the Invalide, where Napoleon is buried. Yes, of course at the Vauban, where my husband had lunch today with his best friend, because you can only eat on the terrace, and we met on the terrace, it was in May, May 17, 2001. And then he took me to the Signac show. By that time, he'd seen my website. Sure. And then all Signac show, we ended up closing down the museum. I didn't even know that he painted or sculpted or, any, or drew anything. And then we went out for a drink, and then the next thing happens is um, he says, I'll call you. And my, my phone was on fax, so he couldn't get in touch with me for a week. I called up a friend in San Diego, and he says, if you like this guy, just call him. So I called him up, and he said, oh, your phone has been on fax. I've been trying to get in touch with you. And I said, well, I'm sorry about that. He said, can I see you tonight? I said, no, I'm afraid not. I have a date with a friend. And it was my friend from California, the one who helped me get out of the last relationship. 
And he said, do you have a lot of women friends? I said, no, I have a few. But I said, I'm always loyal to my women friends. And I will never give up a date with a woman for a date for a man. So you see, there's a whole new self-talking already. That's right. You taught yourself, Rachel, which is, um, I mean, I know your girlfriend helped you. When we come to these realizations ourselves, and as I always say, most of the time from painful experiences, do you know what I mean? It's, it's the learning lessons we need in life. Exactly. And so then he said, are you free tomorrow night? And I said, yes. So he met me at this beautiful cafe. It was so elegantly dressed. Well, he's beautifully dressed. He, he dresses like an Italian from Milan. So he well-groomed. I mean, he really fit the bill. <laughs> and he brought me a pastel that he had done that day in the Bois de Boulogne and gave it to me. And he said later to his mother, he said, she wept when I gave it to her. It was much better than a mink coat. I said, I'm no use for a mink coat. Then we went across the street to the Cafe de l'Homme and we talked all night until the Eiffel Tower lights went out at one in the morning. And then the next day I invited him for dinner and he found out that I could cook poached fish with aioli mayonnaise and vegetables. And as they say, the rest is history. Very interesting. And you have to come back and talk to us again, because I'd love you to talk about other things that I know about you. But I need to share with you, this is just exactly, this is a woman midstream in her life who changed her own life and created her destiny. That's what you are. And the next book that I write after the novel is going to be called Recipes for a Life in France. There you go. I love that. Now, listen, everyone knows they can reach out to us at womenbeyond at icloud.com. I bet there are people that are going to listen to this that have family members that would love to get married in Paris or know about your books about shopping in Paris or any of that, since you are just a resource. I'm the only one who does vow renewals and elopements and weddings, and we do lots of vow renewals because Paris is the place to renew your vows, including with your second husband. Ah, that's it. Rachel, thank you so much. And I know it's 6.30 at night in France, and here we're here in the early morning. I cannot thank you enough for your time and for your very wonderful and interesting, it's actually an uplifting story besides everything else. And I, I know that you haven't given up your American determination to make changes in our society because you and I are on the same page on Facebook when we're talking about it. No, absolutely. But do look into at a new woman's manifesto because I'm on Instagram and I'm going to be launching a blog very soon. Great. Thank you, Rachel. Bye-bye. Au revoir, Cindy. Au revoir.